OTB GAA Scale has opened the war definitely with the football pod Where are your power rankings now? The Royal Rumble that's coming our way Hurling pod versus football pod Will, you're a coward Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed Wherever you get your podcasts Rugby on Off The Ball With Vodafone Official sponsors of the Irish rugby team We all belong to the team of us Now you're welcome along so uh, James Ryan is linking up with Aldi and their Play Rugby Sticker campaign. I'll give you more details about that campaign in due course. Brilliant prize on offer. Uh, very happy to say James Ryan joins us on the line. Good evening to you. Thanks for the time. Good to be here. Uh, let's start with the most important issue. You were party to maybe the slowest version of Ireland's call in history at the weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, like, you've got a job. I don't know how I got that wrong. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know what was happening. It yeah. was like people in the crowd were way ahead of us. The guys next to me were behind me, and <laughs> they just ended up just not singing anymore because it was just chronic. Yeah, uh, I so it's a shame. I can imagine. Hard to know what to do here. Do we keep singing at our own pace? Do we slow down to their crazy pace, or do we just, as some understandably did, just abandon ship halfway through? I think you manfully carried on to the end. Yeah, I carried on to the end, I think. And then uh, Porter was standing next to me and he, he abandoned ship. So um, I, I think I stayed on to the end, but yeah, it wasn't great. No, listen, you're the captain. You have to keep going there. There's no getting off that ship. Um, talk to us about Italy. There is no doubt that they are seriously improving. Can you give us a sense specifically how, in, in, in what ways are they a very different challenge to two, three years ago? Well, I think they're one of the best attacking sides we've faced in quite a while, to be honest. Um, and particularly their attack has really come on. Um, you can see how ambitious they are uh, to play. And like, you know, even in the lead up to the game, you know, against England, against France, they're playing deep inside their own 22. Uh, again, again, the same against us. So um, they just play a good brand of rugby um, and they like to play quick. They like to play the space. Um, so defensively, it was a really tough game for us. Um, so that's probably one area they've improved a lot. Um, the other area I think is probably a set piece. Um, like, I mean, the scrummaging wise, they're, they're quite good. Um, and they, they kind of drove the England pack back uh, a few times to Twickenham, which is no easy feat in the scrum. And they were good against us as well. Um, you know, some of their mall defense was very good as well. And we had a number of cracks and um, they were hard to they were hard to break down. So uh, up front they're strong, um, but as as I said, obviously um, they've they've a seriously good attack as well. And some some genuinely world class players. I think like Capucho is obviously one that sticks out. He's a seriously good player. Um, you saw how good a Garbisi is. Uh, you know we know that um, he loves to play at the line, play flat. Um, so. You know, Lamaro is another good player. Um, so they've some good up and going players as well. Yeah. Great for the tournament. I mean, to have, to have them improving and playing such a brilliant brand is wonderful. Uh, from uh, the Irish team's perspective, uh, not least when the Grand Slam is, is vaguely on the horizon and there's a lot to lose in a game uh, like uh, Saturday if it goes awry. It was very striking. Four points in the game. The team, Ireland that is, didn't seem to tighten up or feel that pressure, scored a brilliant team try. That must be a very pleasing aspect to come through, a, you know, tetchy few moments like that. What do you put that down to? 
Yeah, well, the last try was, was brain for us. Like, it was one of the best team tries I think we've had. Um, but, like, uh, to be honest, I thought we were a bit unlucky to be going in at half time, 24 17 up. I thought we'd left a couple of scores out there. And obviously, they got that intercept. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, it, the game felt very close 24 20. Um, but I think what I put it down to is probably just some of the matches at half time. Um, like, well, what we said was, yeah, the game was close, but like, you know, this is, we want to be tested, you know what I mean? Um, this is where we want to be. So, um, some of the matches at half time were very much like just stick to our process, stick to our game. Um, because we felt certainly when we had the ball, um, that we were putting them under a lot of pressure. Uh, and it was just the very final piece, whether that was a disled try, a knock on, that we were just letting them off the hook. But, um, we just said, look, if we could, if we could hold on to the ball, stick to our game, mm. build pressure, uh, then we felt like we could. If we kept turning the rock, then we we we'd eventually break them. Um, so um, so obviously, uh, you know, that's the way. It, it was very tough, but that's yeah. the way it turned out in the end. We managed to to build a bit of a score. Um, so I think just sticking to our our game and and keep believing that our attack would would uh, eventually win them down. Must be an enjoyable attack to be part of over the last uh, while uh, the demands on your skill set on your handling on your ability to make good choices I, I presume those demands have increased dramatically of late yeah um, and it, it is enjoyable um, probably, probably a lot of it is down to the way we train like we we train very quick um, but um, and the detail around some of our shapes you know, I mean a lot of teams play shapes but um just the detail understanding of of um, how shapes how the right shapes will break down in opposition. Um, so yeah, it's enjoyable, and then you know, obviously, um, you know, everyone's got to be involved in the attack. That's also what we say, even when the ball is not near you, when the ball is away from you. Um, you know, how are you getting back involved into the game? Um, so uh, it's very much kind of all hands on deck and 1-15, to 15, everyone's got a role to play in terms of breaking down the opposition. But yeah, no, it is an enjoyable, yeah. um, it's an enjoyable attack to, to be involved in because we all like to play rugby and get our hands on the ball and stuff like that. So um, Nice to score a try. Join us. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, lots of people have made the observation that you seem to be in a great personal vein of form. I'm sure it's easier in a team that's going well, but do you feel like you've... I mean, you, you phrase it how you want. Do you feel like you've come through uh, a dip and now you're back to your best? Or am I wrong to call it a dip, given that there are injuries and other things going on? Um, but would you agree that you're kind of back in a great place now? Or, or how do you see your own form? Yeah, I feel like I'm going well. Um, to be honest, uh, what I put that down to um, is, you know, I haven't had any injuries or head injuries for for quite a while um so i've just been playing much more regularly and off the back of that uh, my confidence has grown um and um you know probably my performance um you know has, has gone all right as well so um mm. so yeah just been lucky that um uh, you know i haven't been in the middle of the game or had any long spells um you know or windows out of the game um and i've just been playing more regularly so um so that's why I'm feeling good, um, and yeah, just enjoying being part of um, two very good teams with Leinster and Ireland. I just uh, 
glanced back in advance of talking to you to see what a desperate run you were on with injuries. It was like as bad as it gets, really, and, and, and it must have been very difficult. 2021, there were head injuries against Wales and Scotland, rounds one and four of the Six Nations, several weeks out afterwards, and then the disappointment of missing the Lions. Then fast forward to November, fail a HIA against Argentina out until December and then last year's Six Nations people will remember um, 11 months ago the Charlie Yules uh, hit a Twickenham uh, red card zero mitigation uh, like a terrible uh, bang and you could see you know you were wobbly and it was it it was serious now you you know you read that list out in that kind of a condensed period that that strikes anyone as incredibly difficult to come through Uh, World Rugby Protocol in force uh, time away uh, when they're that frequent so you did spend some time away were you dealing with symptoms as well in the days and weeks after some of those injuries yeah no uh, it was tough um like it was four and six months that particular season so um uh you know obviously that's why it took me a while to feel like i could get my confidence back um but um no i wasn't i wasn't dealing with any ongoing symptoms for me thankfully anytime i've had a concussion i've always recovered um very quickly um so, like, really, after forty-eight hours, I would feel um, I would feel fine for normal. So, I've been lucky enough that I've always recovered quite quickly. Um, but um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's why I'm feeling good because you know, for me, I love uh, I love the kind of physical parts of the game, the tackle, the carry, the rock. Yeah. Um, probably when you've got a number of head knocks. Um, if it takes you even maybe subconsciously um, a little bit of time to to feel like you can express yourself the way you want to in those parts of the game, um, it's probably because you're afraid of the you know the consequences of another knock or what that would mean or how long you would be out for um, and all that. So um, so that's why you know as I said I'm feeling good now um, because. Thankfully, I've had an injury-free run, um, and uh, I feel like I can be, you know, the player I want to be. Because for you to be at your best, you have to throw yourself around with abandon. You can't be, as you said, on some kind of subconscious level trying to protect yourself. It's just not going to work. I mean, you can function, you can have a six out of ten game, but it's not going to work from where the levels you want to hit. But like, very understandable. Like the self-preservation instinct is a strong one. I, that would take a bit of getting over, I'm sure. Yeah, that's it, and and that's the parts of the game that I pride myself on, myself on, um, and you know, it's where I see my game. It's all the physical parts of the game. So, hmm. um, so yeah, um, that's why it takes you a little bit of time because even if you're one percent off, you know, that even makes a difference. Um, so. Uh, so, so yeah, um, as I said, I'm feeling good now. Um, and there's a lot of work that's gone into it as well. Um, obviously, there's a bit of luck involved. And sometimes, um, you know, you can't prepare for some of the knocks that you, you end up getting. I mean, that one against England does obviously sticks out. There's nothing you could do there really that that could, um, you know, that you could have prepared for. But um, I've worked very hard in terms of mitigating risk. And, uh, and I know I've mentioned before, but... Um, like I work very hard on my neck strength. Uh, you know, probably that's one part of my body that I train the hardest, the most consistently. Um, I worked in the technical parts of the game, like the tackle tech and carry tech and all that kind of stuff. You know, we wear gun shields now that um, 
basically are able to track um, the G-force in collisions. So um, I'd be pretty studious with that stuff and make sure that if I don't play for a while, say I'm getting the exposures through the gum shield um, in, in the lead up to a game. So um, it's not, I'm not just playing a game. I've not played for a while and all of a sudden there's this big increase in load. Um, so um, there's a number of different areas that I've worked hard on, um, you know, along with um, you know, some of the physios in Leinster and Ireland as well, um, to put myself in the best possible position. Um, and uh, yeah, so thankfully, um, seems to be going all right. Yeah, great. Uh, the neck muscle strength, presumably to minimise whiplash. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a lot of like science now that you, how, how much your neck protects you um, for the whiplash stuff. But um, and also when you do get a knock, um, if you've got a neck that is strong and is nice and robust, then um, you're not going to get your, your symptoms won't be as severe uh, as they would have been otherwise, say, if you had a weaker neck. Yeah. Uh, and particularly for some of the taller guys um, who have just naturally longer limbs, longer necks and so on, uh, they're probably actually more risk. Um, so um, that's been a big a big focus for me, training my neck. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, one last one on it. When uh, the Yules one happens, because as you say, there's nothing you can do to protect yourself in a moment like that. That's you're vulnerable. You get hit. You can be as diligent as you want. You're in trouble. Uh, given the run you had been on, I presume there must have been a, an emotional, be it in the seconds or minutes or hours afterwards of, oh, my God, what is happening here? What, can, you know, how can I be on this run? Like, what, what is going on? Yeah, and um, it was tough because I was good after that one. Um, because, as I said, it was no different last year. I was still working unbelievably hard on all this stuff. Um, because I, I know that I, I wanted to, I didn't want to be out of the game. You know, I hadn't had enough of that. Um, so I, it was frustrating then when I got another knock. Um, you know, uh, but the same at the same time, like sometimes, like that's just the way the game is. Like I took up a little bit of solace because I actually said, well, you know what. None of this, this was most recent knock, none of it was down to me. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, a tackle tech or a carry tech or, or um, you know, just sloppiness. That, that, that was the reason why I, I got this knock. It was completely out of my hands. So um, so there was a bit of, look, it's, it's out of my hands um, and kind of keeping the faith and, and knowing that what I was doing was was the right stuff and it was going to pay off eventually. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of kept that in mind as well. And uh, so you've clearly taken like a, a comfort, perhaps, in being very diligent about this subject and, and being analytical about this subject. What about the worries when you see, you know, you've got a long life ahead of you and, and potentially things can go awry? And we've seen that with previous generations. The worries that you might have or that your family have. Or, you know, does anyone say, Dude, do you need this? Like, maybe just maybe maybe just take what you've done as a great career and, and, and park it. That that whole discussion does that happen in the Ryan household uh, no it's not um, it's not happening because um, I think one thing that gives you know some of the physios and, and my own family uh, confidence is they know as he said how analytical uh, how studious how hard I work in terms of putting myself in the best possible position uh, to minimise any risk mm. um, 
and you know obviously you've, you know you've, I'm sure you've heard about this before but we are looked after better now than at any point in the history of the game yeah. um, so we're looked after very well um, and even those windows and spells that I had out of the game you know that's just an example because um, you know they didn't want to put me at risk and they wanted to make sure that I had fully recovered before um, I stepped on the field again and you know, I saw a number of specialists at the time and um, guys that are at the cutting edge of um, you know brain health um, you know one guy in, in, in Birmingham Hospital uh, who's you know probably the best one of the best in the world and um, it was off the back of, of their advice and their um, you know expert opinion that I was able to kind of you know navigate my path back uh, to playing the game and stuff like that so um, so we had plenty of conversation with the very best and they gave me the go ahead and now that's very much what I um, that's what I would believe in and would base my opinion on would be would, would be these guys and so I was delighted to get back at playing and as I said uh, you know it's been the last time we got knocked was the evening game so I've been on a good run thank God Yes long may continue uh, Captaincy I saw you say during the week that you're a lead by example type of captain the put the fear of God into them Paul O'Connell uh, model that that's not you that that's not a place you go to is it um so i don't really know i mean um like yeah i just tried i tried to lead by example um I think that's you know that's what the best captains i've played under do like um johnny's one of them and you know see how good he is how consistent he is with his performance um I think obviously his, his words carry a lot, of, a lot of weight then off the back of that. Um, so, yeah, I just try to lead by example in terms of my actions. Yes, it would strike me as a, a tricky thing for a captain. Say you're, um, and, and uh, I dare say you will be in, in due course. If you're not playing well, I would think words out of your mouth might feel a touch hollow, you know, you'd like performance first. And I, I can't really tell, you know, give a halftime speech if I'm stinking the joint out. Exactly, yeah, that's, I think that's, Part of the most important piece of being a captain is um, making sure that you get your own performance right um, and and that you're consistent. Um, because yeah, I mean, if, if you're if you're not getting your own stuff right and you're not performing well, well then as you said, your your words aren't going to carry as much weight. So um, obviously, doing what you say you're going to do is very important. Uh, something to ask you about on-field decisions. Uh, there was a lot of scrutiny about the decision to kick for the corner in Paris last year probably overanalyzed but that's your lot now and that's the way uh, life is um, the decision against Italy um, and this I, I don't know what the right or wrong decision here is genuinely so I'm, I'd love to get inside your thought process it was early in the second half and the game is back to seven points and on two occasions Ireland turned down the three just to nudge it out to ten uh, later on you did actually um, kick a penalty to go 27-20 but in those those two moments, say the one where it went to the corner and Ireland lost the line out. What's your logic there? Is that a, a, a 50-50 decision in your mind? We we dead set is the right thing to do or, or how has that decision arrived at, James? First thing I'd say is that it's very much a joint decision. Right. So myself, along with Ross uh, off, and Hendy, who was a line leader on the weekend, kind of make the decision together and that's kind of generally what how that process works certainly between the, the head half and, and the line of corner. Um, and the first one, you know, we spoke and 
we, uh, you know, it wasn't an easy kick. There was quite a bit of length in it, so it was by no means a gimme. Like, uh, and look, we said we felt like we the right uh, option was to go to the corner. Uh, after chatting, we did. The second decision uh, very could have very easily could have gone either way. Um, you know, we could have gone for the points as well, but and it was an aggressive decision to go for the corner. Um, you know what we felt at the time in terms of the feel out there was that. Like we were pounding the rock, uh, and you know we we had these guys, um, so that's why we decided to go for the corner because we felt like we could come away with more than three. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of decision there, and then you know the last chance, you know, we had, obviously when we went to the points, then we said, look, we've had a few cracks at this now, let's extend the lead to to seven because mm-hmm. you know, I felt we could you know we could back our defence not to concede uh, a try at that point. So yeah, that was kind of the decision making behind it totally understand these are uh, always popular talking points afterwards and uh, with the benefit of knowing how it turned out <laughs> which is uh, a benefit a, a, a luxury you don't have how big a uh, talking point are they in the review this week in camp will, will much time be spent on James Ross guys give us your thoughts here or, or is it not something that's uh, talked about all that much um, I don't know we'll have to see Um to see, but I would say one thing in, in, in Irish camp is not very outcome uh, driven. Yes. Like it's very much process focused and whatever decision we do make, uh, how did we well how did we deliver that um in terms of the process and you know, what actions did we deliver then off the back of whatever decision we made okay. as opposed to being purely outcome um based. Okay. Um so um you know obviously we went to the corner and we got we got turned over so you know, I'm sure we'll have a look at these sorts of things. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure we might touch on it when we get back in on, on Wednesday. Mm. Um, Paul O'Connell's uh, influence, he was obviously uh, beyond impressive at the line-out. Uh, any specifics he's passed on to you? Well, in terms of his influence, has been um, massive. Um, like, specifics, um, obviously, he's, he's forwards coach, so... Um, I've learned a whole lot from, from the line and the rook um, and then the line stuff would just be um, like he's he's big on we're big now on like max drill we call it so that's basically um, making sure everything from lift quality to jump quality to our speed across the floor um, at the gap in line in the process all those bits uh, are world class Um so definitely in terms of, uh, you know, uh, Max Trill and, and the little details around the line out, um, you know, he's been unreal. Um, mm. And uh, obviously the Rock as well. Uh, he's been brilliant in terms of meshing, um, quite like Joe. Um, yeah, I, always, I always got the impression he was a massive disciple of Joe Schmidt at the Yeah, rock. yeah, I think particularly around the Rock, um, you know, um, you know, very, very like Joe, the way, the way you know, they look at it, um, which is, I think, is the, the right way to look at it. And, um, so, yeah, he's been obviously he's been brilliant. He's made a yeah. huge impact. I, I love, I love working um, under him. Yeah, I mean, Ireland's rook speed is off the charts lately, so that that aspect has gone well. Um, just one last one because you were good with your time. I think it's been well documented at this stage that on the night that uh, Dr. Irwin and Brian Driscoll and Paul Rouse and Craig Doyle were in, that you uh, stood up and and said a few words. Why did you choose to get up and speak, and what did you speak about, James? 
Um, well, why I did because I knew they were coming in, and Paul Race was in as well. So yeah. he's a professor in history uh, from UCD, and um, he's actually taught me a, a few different modules, and he's brilliant, and he probably probably gave me a, a deep understanding of the history of the Irish rugby team and, and my perspective on um, you know Ireland's call and the anthems and all that um, so I just had a few conversations with some of the like my teammates in there and uh, make our manager and you know they said well, why don't you get up and speak a little bit about it so I just talked a little bit about um, the history of the team um, like you're looking at a you know a team you know the Look at the 20th century, and 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 even during the most kind of violent uh, sectarian periods uh, on the island, the Irish rugby team, you know, always managed to um, persist. Um, I think that's probably the the greatest achievement you know, of Irish rugby. Um, um, and there's a huge amount of strength. Uh, I think that can be you know, drawn from that. Like it's, uh, I think it's a really special jersey. Um, and then. Just talked a little bit about Ireland's call and you know how people are, seem to give out about it a little bit. But um, look, it, it might not ever win any Grammy awards, but that's not what it's created for. It's what I mean, it was it was intended to be inclusive, uh, a compromise, um, and I think it's look, it's a song that people across you know the, the whole island can embrace and enjoy, um, and um, so that's why I, I think it's important that you know. You know, we get behind it um, because of you know because I think what it stands for. So I mean, it's it's inclusive, um, it's respectful, um, and um, so yeah, I just talked a little bit about um, Ireland's call and uh, and the history of the team, and uh, yeah, we had we had a good night. Yeah, no, well, a lot of people have said you spoke brilliantly. Um, I got uh, not to. Uh, rerun this because you've talked about this so much, but I, I'm, I'm sure people are generally aware of your great grandfather as well. And um, that is he that's the James Ryan as well, isn't it? Your great grandfather. Yeah. yeah. OK, so even, you know, a, a cursory glance, I mean, extraordinary medical officer at the GPO in 16. I was reading one of the last to leave with James Connolly after the evacuation in prison till August, uh, anti-treaty, imprisoned in 1922 where he went on hunger strike for 36 days, won his doll seat back in prison and subsequently goes on to be ministers, uh, agriculture, social welfare and, and ultimately minister for finance under Lamas in the 50s. So, I mean, that that is extraordinary. Yeah, uh, and like it was his story and, and it wasn't just him. I mean, I mean, s- several members of that family um, were all um, you know, very active um, around the time of the Easter Rising and subsequent uh, War of Independence. So, uh, like quite a nationalist um, family. Um, and uh, yeah, it was definitely, you know, I was hearing these stories from my dad and my uncles and stuff kind of as a young fella. And that was probably what sparked my uh, interest in history, um, you know, Irish history. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, very proud of uh, you know that kind of part of my family, um, and uh, um, as you said, just a, a kind of a, a cool, um, cool for, for like for, for our family name to have um, played a, a little part in um, you know the Irish um, 
these rising and, and the Irish War of Independence as well. Yeah, to say the least. I'm sure you saw Leo Cullen has signed a contract extension, by the way. I feel like I, I should <laughs> me- mention that to you. Yeah, you knew that was coming, did you? Which? That Leo Cullen has signed a contract extension. Um, sorry, you woke up there. Um, I I didn't actually know it was coming. Um, wasn't I wasn't sure, but I I was I presumed and I was hoping that um, he was going to stay on. So I saw this morning that he signed on for uh, for the two years, which is great. Okay, good stuff. Um, fascinating chat with you. Uh, delighted to see you playing such great rugby. Obviously, two massive matches left, and then an exciting year ahead. So I'm sure we'll we'll check in at some stage. James Ryan, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. That is uh, James Ryan speaking to us. He is the Irish Rugby International uh, ambassador for Aldi's Play Rugby Rugby, uh, sticker campaign. So uh, it's encouraging primary schools, an amazing uh, prize, by the way. It's encouraging primary schools across Ireland to enter their sticker competition. Uh, The ultimate prize prize is a sports facility makeover worth €50,000. So... um, Whoever comes out on top there, an amazing thing. A sports facility makeover worth €50,000. Uh, as well as that, if you spend €25 Euro at Aldi stores nationwide, you can, you're in with a chance to win your weekly shop paid for and also tickets to Ireland, England at the Aviva Stadium, 18th of March. Uh, for more information on that, you can check out aldi.ie forward slash play rugby. So aldi.ie forward slash play rugby, the place to go. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.